Today, we are going to look at the remainder of the Tigers' offseason. Just look at who's still out there, what holes they still need to fill. A lot of them is the answer to that question. And what type of strategy and approach they should have or could have or might have or will have. Let's just talk about the rest of the offseason. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, December 16th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All righty, Roo, ladies and gentlemen. So today we are talking about the rest of the offseason. And we had a move yesterday, and as I said in yesterday's episode, I had an entire episode already recorded and ready to rock, and then they decided to make a move. And uh, in, like, the first segment, I still talked about the Mad Boyd thing, and in the second one, like, I talked about starting pitching, and I think my opinion of that shifts a little bit with the Lorenzen thing. So rather than just kind of regurgitate and just give you that episode as Friday's episode and pretend like it was new, I wanted to give you a new outlook because I'm a different man than I was just 24 hours ago. And so I think that where do we start? I'm really, I just want to go through the 40 man and re talk about where the holes on this team lie. And I'm not just doing it to be repetitive and like, oh my goodness, he just talks about what this team needs every day. It's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, my outlook is starting to change on certain positional groups. Okay, and I think the best way I can articulate what I'm doing for the rest of this episode is to just jump in and do it with a position. And then hopefully you understand what I'm trying to do. Okay, so we're going to start with catcher. We're going to start with catcher. And the reason that I'm starting with catcher is, again, I think it articulates the premise of this entire episode the best. Okay, so catcher is a position where if you you can go back, right, the, all the episodes I've ever had are still on the internet, right? So you can go back and, and you can re-watch the, or listen to, however you, you take in this podcast. Um, you, you can see my take on the catcher position when, like, the William Contreras, uh, Wilson, rather, Contreras rumors were, like, starting to go around. And we started game planning and just talking about what catcher was going to look like for this team. And I was very much of the belief that the catcher position was something that it was far from our biggest hole, right? It was not our biggest need whatsoever. However, I did think that they needed to bring in a catcher. And every day that goes by, I become less and less convinced that they are going to bring in a major league, like legitimate 1A or even 1B catcher. I think that I'm reasonably confident saying that ship has just flat out sailed, right? Because of winter meetings being done and just at the point we are in, in free agency, 
like what catchers are really still out there? I like, do you really, do you need a catcher so badly that you want to go out there and bring in Gary Sanchez and take at bats away from like Jake Rogers or Omar Navarez and take at bats away from Jake Rogers just to give them to, to a 31 year old Navarez a 30 year old Gary Sanchez on a couple year deal. I think at this point you probably just rock which what with what you got, man. Like, and that's still, I stand by what I think the team should have done, and like I, I stand by what I said back then, and I still would have preferred this team go out and get a whether it's a one A or a one B catcher, and then Haas can be the other one, and then Rogers can replay himself into that role. I'm not asking for Wilson Contreras. I, I wasn't asking for a, a five-year, like this dude's going to be the catcher of this team for the next five years. I just, and I, I sound like a broken record, and I don't want to just keep saying this every single show, but Jake Rogers has not seen a major league pitch in over a year and a half by the time opening day rolls around. Okay? Like, I, 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 have, I have a hard time putting a ton of stock in him just in 2023, especially the first half of 2023, given that at the major league level, he's only really produced offensively in one half of a season. Now, I still like Jake Rogers as a player a lot, and I still think that he has the potential to be a, a legit, to earn a legitimate timeshare in this backstop. I do. I think that he absolutely has the ceiling to to reach whether it's one A or one B. Honestly, whatever he has the potential to play, leg- get legitimate playing time behind the plate for a, a good baseball team. I, I'm not disregarding that. I'm not saying that that's not my belief. I'm just saying for 2023 specifically, it's it's really hard for me to just look at Eric Haas who is very streaky and had a really bad first half and a really good second half last year. And then look at Jake Rogers, who, you know, his situation is what it is coming off injury and everything, and just be like, you know what? This is ready to roll and good to go, and we don't need anything else. Now, I I still am somewhat of the belief that they will add catching depth. We've already kind of seen it, so I don't know how much more is going to be added, but we've already seen multiple minor league additions at the catcher position with Papirski earlier and then uh, Julio E. Rodriguez earlier this week as well. We're already starting to see some of the catching depths come through uh, because, uh, again, I, I think it's, it's hard to put like all of your chips into to those two catchers. But that doesn't mean I don't like him, and that doesn't mean I, I – Hasi absolutely deserved – deserves at bats for 2023 and and I want to see what we have in Jake Rogers I I don't want to necessarily hinder him of at bats either so every day that goes by I I, and as it stands right now to be honest with you I'm pretty convinced that that that's just going to be our catching duo and so that is what this episode is going to (laughs) be now that we're almost into our first full segment or done with our first full segment that's what this episode is going to be I'm just going to go through and maybe adjusting my early offseason expectations is the way I want to word this. I guess that's technically what we're doing. So let's take a look at what is left for in, in the free agent market. What is possible as far as trade routes go. Just across the board, what this team still desperately needs to improve in. And what this team 
might just look around and be like, we're set at this position and we're not going to add anything. When initially, maybe we thought it was a hole. Okay? So we're going to do that. But first, well, we already did it with catcher. We're going to keep doing it. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at Built Bar. You have to try Built Bar. That's really all there is to it. It is the best thing on the planet. They have new flavors, cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Built's take on the granola bar, and it's even more filling. It's still insanely tasty as well. They have candy cane brownie puffs. Built puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. First off, anyone who's ever tried Built Bars before, they're literally the best tasting protein bars ever. Uh, they send them to the host so that we can try the products we're selling. I inhale them. I bring them to my friend's house like they're candy, even though they're protein bars, and we all devour them. It is awesome. Okay? Just sink your teeth into that first bite. It'll change your life forever. I'm not kidding. There will be a time before you tried these new Built Bar flavors, and then there will be a time after, a magical, wonderful time, after you take those bites. You're probably wondering which new flavor is my favorite. Honestly, right now, it's pretty unanswerable. There are so many uh, incredible flavors in the original flavors. I still like my cookie dough and all that. It is the best out there. You have to try it. You can get 15% off of your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built. Dot com. That's code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. For your second listen, check on the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. The Locked On Sports Today podcast Available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Alrighty. So just we started with catcher. I feel like that was an easy one. And just again, the one that really drove my point home the easiest. So let's take a look at the infield. Okay. First base. I refuse to believe. Refusal. My brain rejects the idea that it is possible. For this team to not bring in some sort of insurance option or safety valve at first base if Torkelson struggles again. I refuse to believe they will do it two years in a row. I refuse. Okay? Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Can't get fooled again. Okay? Like, I I, I do not believe that it's possible. So... I'm not changing my expectation in that regard. Now, who could it be? I am still of the belief. I guess my opinion really hasn't changed on first base at all then. Because I am still of the belief that they're not going to bring in somebody that only plays first base. Because plan A is still very much going to be Spencer Torkelson. And that seems super, honestly, just like a waste of money, which I don't think this ownership group is very fond of, uh, to bring in somebody who only plays first base to be the, the safety valve option. And then if Torgelson works out, then it's just like, all right, well, like, I guess you just sit on the bench all year or you, you know, you get DFA in July or whatever. That just, that doesn't seem like the best way to allocate funds. And so I still think they're going to bring in somebody that maybe plays the corner outfield 
and can play first base or somebody that plays third and first. Just somebody who has a little bit of versatility so that if Torgelson does work out like he is supposed to and like the plan is supposed to, then he still has a role on this team, whoever this plan B safety valve at first base option is. But I I refuse to believe that we're going to get into June and if Torkelson is really struggling, they're just going to look around and go, oh my goodness, we did it again. Where is Harold Castro when you need him? I, I, I don't think that that is the reality we'll be living in. So hopefully all this is null and Torgelson just hits really well and everything's just fine. But that's how I still feel about first base. I, I guess my, my opinion has not really changed on the matter up to this point. Second base, we're going to clump with third. Okay. And just like, stay with me here for a second. Okay. Jonathan Scope played an amazing defensive second base this season and was really dreadful at the plate. Okay, everyone is aware of this. He's, I'm sure, aware of it. Put one of the best defensive seasons in any position in all the baseball together at second, but unfortunately was one of the worst qualified hitters in the sport as well. He only has one year left on his deal. So my thing is, you know, people are like, oh, is... is is Scope going to move to third? Like, that could be possible. He has the arm for it. You don't need a ton of range usually to play third. You just need really good reflexes. He certainly is a good enough defender to do it. I think Scopey could play third. I, I genuinely do. My thing is, you're just prolonging the inevitable anyways. So, like, what's the point? And what I mean by that is there is no chance... I love the dude. I am I am so grateful for what he gave this team over the last two, three seasons when he first came in, which was a terrible Tigers situation. And he came in and was one of the best hitters. I will forever love him and be grateful that he was a Tiger. There is absolutely no chance he is on the Detroit Tigers in 2024. It's zero. Okay? So, my thing is, oh, uh, we want to bring in a second baseman instead and then move Scope to third. Well, uh, okay, I I guess that's great. you got a long-term second baseman option, but now you still have a hole at third. You you didn't actually – you put bubble gum over a leaky pipe for a year, and in nine months, it's just going to burst open again. Like, then you just still have a hole at third base. At this point, we have to treat Jonathan Scope like a rental, not like somebody who's been here for three years because he only has one year left on his deal and we're not re-signing him, okay? He might not even make it through the trade deadline if he hits well enough, right? So I, I, it's weird to me the whole like, oh, is he going to move to third? I mean, I guess, like if there's a second baseman out there they really like, but the second base market also isn't that great. You want 33-year-old Gene Segura? Because he's probably the best option. Frazier just signed with the Baltimore Orioles. That ship has now sailed. And then immediately after those top two, you're automatically talking about Josh Harrison, Rugnet Odor, Jonathan VR, who, like, you know, at that point, just keep scope and get a third baseman. I don't think we're in love with any of those guys. Harrison's been a Tiger before. Like, so... I, I I understand like the versatility and, and and trying to you know try some new things or whatever, but long term, 
moving scope to third would change literally nothing. And so I would say, and the third base free agent market is better objectively than the second base market at the time being. So I say you leave Scopey at second. You you worry about second next year and because you still then have a hole there long-term now. And for third, you start looking for options. And so that's why I wanted to clump them together because everybody's having the conversation about scope moving to third and whatnot. I, I, I think you're just, you're just changing your problem to a different position. You're not actually fixing every, anything. You're just giving it like looking at it through a new lens and it looks different, but it's really the same. Okay. I hope I articulated that. Well, I, I, I hope that came across how I wanted it to, but like, I, I, I just, I'm sure he could. And, and if they're in love with a second baseman, I, I guess, you know, go get your guy. But I don't see the point long-term. That, that's like the same problem as if you just kept him at second. You'd have the same issue. So um, we'll see what happens. They definitely still need one of those two positions. Also, I don't want to make it sound like I think Scope is moving to third. I don't think that's happening. That's just like a discourse going throughout the fan base right now and stuff. And so I wanted to address it. Uh, I think he will be the opening day second baseman. I, I don't think Jonathan Scope is going anywhere. Uh in the diamond or off the team, I guess for that matter. Uh, but uh, they, they definitely still have a hole at, at half of those positions between those two. And, and they definitely need to bring in a third baseman, assuming scope stays a second. That's something you, you cannot roll into the season and just go, yeah, we didn't address that. We're going to let the kids play there. You can't do it. You can't, you, do, you don't have a, a prospect of, of, the caliber who on opening day is just going to be ready to to take the reins at third. We've talked about Kreider before. We've talked about the the even like the new additions, right? Henry Malloy. Like it, it's just you, you have to address third. You have to. Okay. So that one, I, I still remain in, in the same breath. That's not even what I was trying to say. I remain in the same mindset. That's the word breath. Okay. So I have the same mindset there. Shortstop really quick. Hobby buys is going to be your opening day shortstop, whether you like it or not, whether you love him or hate him, hate to break it to you. Hate to hate to be the bearer of bad news. If, if you are a, if you are a hobby hater, um, I'm sorry. Hobby buys is going to be the opening day shortstop. Let's see what he can do this year. Hopefully a nice bounce back season and hopefully a lot less throwing errors defensively outfield. Okay. Outfield is the weirdest one to me, for sure the weirdest one. Um, you have five left-handed hitting outfielders. If you include Kerry Carpenter, you have six outfielders, and all of them are strictly left-handed. Uh, Carpenter on the team's website, by the way, is listed as a designated hitter currently. So that's why I have not been including him in the outfield group when I have these conversations over the last few weeks. I've had a couple of comments like, hey, what about Kerry? I love Kerry Carpenter. I think he's going to get a lot of at-bats this year, but I think he's going to platoon with Miggy at DH for a majority of them. And I think that he will play in the outfield. I'm not saying he's going to record zero innings in the corner outfield, but uh, I think they will utilize him as the like DH against righties a lot more than uh, anything else. So anyway, even if you clump him in there, still a lefty. <laughs> so um, I still believe that Scott Harris wants to add a right-handed hitting outfielder. I do. I, I, I still believe that that's on his wish list. Um, I still think that Will Myers makes a lot of sense. Good walk numbers, can play first base, and is a right-handed hitting outfielder. I think that that checks a lot of boxes. I think that makes a ton of sense. 
But the outfield market is also starting to slim up a little bit. There's honestly still a corner outfield, especially there's still some decent talent out there. The thing is there's still a lot of lefties out there like right-handed hitting outfielders for whatever reason this year, if you're not named Aaron or Mitch, like you're, you're a lefty for some reason. And so you are, and again, like I'm not saying there's zero. Like we talked about Myers and and whatever, but and Duvall and such. But uh, it, it's it's a slimming market. It was already a slim market, and it's getting slimmer, right? It's losing weight. So I think that that's still something you have to address. Jerickson Profar is somebody that I, I guess could could fit that bill. I don't know. I, I there's there's a ton of names, <laughs> I, I guess that are all kind of of that similar caliber, but. It's, it, it's, it's getting thinner. It's getting thinner. And, and the longer you wait, you have the potential of, of getting less and less production, obviously out of the player who you bring in. So I don't know, I guess that's why it's the weirdest to me. If they rolled into opening day with the five and a half, we'll call Kerry Carpenter, half of an outfielder with the five and a half outfielders that we have, it wouldn't shock me. I'd be like, all right, well, I mean, makes sense. Like, you have two on lock. You have Meadows and Green, 100%, are are starting in the outfield, center, and then one in the corners. Okay, guaranteed, 100%. So you only have one starting spot open. Akil Badu, love the dude, hope he bounces back. Hope that he can provide a, a really nice bounce back season and get back into that groove and, and reassert himself into that, like, hey, I'm a part of the future of this team role. But we have to call it what it is. And like last season, he was brutal at the plate. So it, it, it's just, I can see it going either way. Like Parker Meadows is not going to start the major league season, not going to start the season at the major league level. Uh, Akil Badu, I don't think you can instill your trust in to just like be the opening day starting corner outfielder. Uh, Bly Madris was a waiver claim. I don't think he's you're penciling him in to be the, the opening day starting outfielder. And Kerry Carpenter, I, I guess if like Miguel Cabrera is starting the season as the DH for like, you know, April while fans are still in the ballpark and whatever to, to sell tickets and whatnot, I guess Carpenter can be one of the corner outfielders too. But I it's it's wild for me to think that they won't address it, but given the market remaining, it also wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world if they didn't. Like, I, I wouldn't be floored. So that's kind of where I stand on the outfield. Just, like, really j- just this weird, like, in-between space where I'm like, I, I think they probably want to, but if they don't, it's not surprising to me. Let's get into the pitching. But first, I got to tell y'all about a message from the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and even deadly. However, That still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think that you are okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake. 
to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. Going through the pitching staff now to end the show. Bullpen, that's a really quick one for me. I'm not a big pay relievers guy. I'm not. And I know that some of you have already voiced your disagreement with that. And I love the debate and I love the conversation. I I love that there's a million different right ways and a million different wrong ways to build a baseball team. So uh, I, I, when I think about roster structure, I'm not allocating a ton of funds into the bullpen. That's not how I would address it. In my eyes, almost all relievers are failed starting prospects. Okay. Almost. There's obviously some exceptions. Sometimes there's a kid from Tennessee that throws 105 miles an hour and he gets drafted in like the second or third round because he throws 105 miles an hour. That is obviously an exception to the rule. Some people are just born to be relief pitchers and that's great. But a large majority used to be starters and we have a lot of really good young starting talent starting pitching talent and the development is really really good that's what's really good the pitchers as far as like prospect ranking and stuff don't you know drop jaws like they're not they're not flooring they're not unbelievably high rankings but this development system in this organization has come such a long way and helped players reach their potential and take big strides that maybe a few years ago we wouldn't have expected from a Tigers team and that's awesome That also means that when you look at the bullpen last year and saw how it was surprisingly one of the best bullpens in baseball, you have to credit that to the pitching development as well, not just the starters. So in my eyes, while I, again, I'm a Tigers fan, I know. Like, I don't want a recreation of the early 2010s where the bullpen was the only thing keeping us out away from from winning a championship. That being said, this team has a boatload of holes in it a ton it would sink a ship okay and with the relief talent that we still already have I'm not looking to add to this bullpen right now that's like very very low down on my priority list to be completely honest with you like very low down like not even really close to the top so in my eyes you either bring back Chafin because you like him and he's a lefty and he's good and you you do that because you already have a relationship with him and whatnot, sure. You either pay Chafin or you don't really touch the bullpen, to be completely honest with you. A few depth signings will absolutely happen, 100%. But I don't know. I, I'm not really checking the news every day to see. I just kicked my camera, goodness. I'm not checking the news every day. To see if the Tigers are have added to their bullpen. Checking to see if they, they've added to pretty much any other area of the team, to be honest with you. So let's take let's end on starters. Uh starting pitching is wild now. And I'm this one we don't have to spend too much time on because I'm gonna reiterate a lot what I said yesterday, to be honest with you. I think somebody's getting traded. I believe it. In my soul, I believe it. We have nine. Starting pitchers right now. Nine. Okay. We have four 
that are guaranteed in your rotation on opening day. Okay. Oh, you might have five now. Yeah, I think you have five. And you have four that are all starters and just don't have a spot on a five-man rotation. So the people that we can guarantee on opening day will be listed in this five-man rotation, assuming it's five men. Even if it's six, you still have then three extra. So point still remains. But we're going to pretend like it's five for the time being. Erod, Boyd, Turnbull, Lorenzen, Manning. Okay? There's your rotation if the season started tomorrow. Then, in this hand, which is really the same hand if you're watching on YouTube, we have four young starters that showed some potential last year in Brisky, in Wentz, Fiedo, and Garrett Hill. Okay? Garrett Hill had some time out of the bullpen. So even if you have a six-man rotation and you want to list Garrett Hill as a starter, you still have two other young starting pitchers that you want to get innings and you want to continue progressing and you want to continue, yeah, giving them opportunities so that they can keep developing, okay? I I, I don't see how we make it through the rest, of the rest of the winter and especially through the first half of the season with all of these starters and nothing else. And even if we do, even if we do, I said this yesterday, I'll say it again. Even if we do, we don't make a move. Ha ha, Scott was wrong. Great. I promise you that it at least opened up the flexibility to be able to take calls on some starting pitchers. All you can ask for at this point in this team's roster construction is the flexibility to get better at the drop of a hat. You want every possible avenue and door to be open. And now you have so many starting pitchers going into next season that another door that maybe was closed that is now open is if somebody approaches you and says, we need starting pitching and we're willing to get rid of a young bat to do it, you can answer that phone call and you can open that door. Signing more? I, You know what? I'll tell you this right now. If we sign another starting pitcher... I will guarantee a trade, okay? <laughs> I would be pretty shocked at this point if we brought in another. Now, if it's a depth signing that like may or may not make the team out of camp, that's totally different. But if we sign like a solidified major league starting pitcher and spend, you know, eight to 10 to $12 million again, another starter, that to me, that's like a guarantee. Like, hey, one of these dudes is not going to be here in a couple of weeks. And we're already to a point where I'm like, something's got to give. Something has to give. And if it is going to give in a trade, it is definitely going to be on the starting pitching front. A hundred percent. Or Gregory Soto. But that's a different conversation. Focusing on starting pitching right now. Okay? So that's where I stand with starters. Don't expect any more signings because I'm not sure where they would even play at this point. Am kind of sort of expecting a trade. I, I just, I feel it. And I know that I'm not like alone. And, you know, I, I know that some other people have, have voiced that opinion too. I, I just, I, I can't. It makes a lot more sense if a trade is to come. Now, again, this team desperately needs depth. They had 97 million starting pitchers used last year. 
We don't want to be in a situation where everybody's hurt. We got to go to, you know, we're, we're starting to put in, you know, Brian Garcia as a starting pitcher again. We don't want to be in that situation again. So maybe they're just playing super safe. But again, at least now you have the option to pick up the phone and have a conversation with another GM if they go, hey, we need starting pitching. All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check on the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. From the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, it's available on the app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's all I got for y'all. Have a fantastic weekend. College bowl games start. Um, Yeah, should be a fun time. We'll be back next week. Oh, next week, we officially go down to three episodes a week. I know that you love hearing my voice five days a week. I don't even love that, but... Um, we will be going down to three a week. We kind of hit a dead point in the off season here and that will last until around when pitchers and catchers report in February. Okay. So through the rest of this year, the entire month of January and the beginning of February, we will be down to three episodes a week. I'm going to try to just do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because that feels like the easiest way to do it and the best way to spread it out. But if a big signing or a big trade happens on like a Thursday, well, I guess it would happen on a Wednesday because I recorded them the night before, then maybe we go off schedule, you know, once. But it'll be three episodes a week for the next little while, month and a half, two months almost. All right. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for rocking with me. We will be back on Monday. Three episodes a week, but still on Monday. That's the plan. All right. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.